Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Talk Class Soap Opera, the classic-related podcast for the community. Caught the game. I'm Andy, a.k.a. Montolio, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Josh, a.k.a. Cronin. And unfortunately, we are without Zach, a.k.a. Abstract 66 this week. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. What have you been up to lately? I'm uh, just playing a little limited, you know. What have you been playing? I, I played an ISD draft and a AVR draft and an M13 draft. Oh, nice. Going old school. Anything but Gatecrash, right? Yeah. I'm not. I'm pretty sick of the guilds. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I've been playing quite a bit of Gatecrash lately, and uh, I hear you on that. I'm sick of it. But trying to grind this out, get into the MOCS. Gatecrash the one I know the best. So, uh, But, yeah, can't wait to get out from under it and... Get into Dragon's Maze. So, we've got a pretty good show as usual this week, Josh. We've got the Classic Invitational Qualifier, number three. And we've got round five results, and we've got round six pairings for you. Of course, we've got the breakdown. Uh, we're going to be looking at back bets and smokestacks build versus Doza OG. That's for you, Zach, is Bug Delver list and of course we've got the vintage view and we're gonna be looking at deck after my own heart and it's called mayor fish if that doesn't give it all the way and we've got our community spotlight bizarre baghdad one of our clannies of course we'll be taking a look at our classic challenges and we've got our feature match videos for everybody so josh no further ado why don't you take us right into those round five results this week all right the first one's very exciting it's you and the wolf two top seeds in the fifth round here you guys were able to just draw you were the only two at 12 after four rounds that's right yeah it was uh this was a little bit premeditated we we talked it around round two and we were joking around and saying yeah if we meet uh you know if we get into the opportunity to get in the top eight and we're able to draw we will and lo and behold that's what happened so yeah we're, we're sitting pretty here. We've got a we got a chance to end up first and second. Uh, the only chance we have bumped out was because uh, Backguts got pared down. And if he wins that, he will end up at 15 points. And Wolf and I will likely be at 14 points each unless he decides to play his match out. So I am splitting already. I've made plans with the, the Wild Dog there. So Nice. Yeah, so... We'll see where we land and what we draw. I know there's a couple of affinity builds in top eight that uh, I'm looking to avoid first round, but we will, we'll have to see what the big man has planned for me. So next up, we have got Ilskin with his Shove builds, who ended up taking down Planet Walls with his RIP combo. Um, uh, I don't think that's really much of a surprise. You, Josh? No, I don't think. I mean, Emrakul's not really... A card that the rest in peace combo is designed to deal with. No, no, and you know, Planet Walls deck. I, I hate to say it, but I think it's a deck that actually cheated on land a fair amount, and you, you just can't get buried behind something like, um, you know, does Zilskin have LOAs? I believe he does. Played him, you know. It's uh, it's it's a deck that's gonna. Yeah, he's got three of them, so. It's got a pretty good card draw and it's a pretty quick combo and yeah, I would uh, I would definitely give the edge there. No surprise. Congratulations. 
After that, we got the Wild Dog against Call Me Dragon. It was Wild Dog on Rug Delver that took that one down against Oath, which is uh, definitely not an easy matchup for a creature-based deck. No, the ironic thing about this is that the Wild Dog's actually taken, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he's taken down two different Oath decks so far in the Swiss, which is pretty impressive. I'm just going to believe you on that one. Take my word for it. I'm, I'm pretty sure he has won two games against two matches against those so far. So pretty impressive, um, particularly because he's not playing the abrupt decay. You know, he's, he's a red blue green, and yeah, just I guess complete beatdown with a little bit of control on oath and good game. Well yeah. done. I'd be interested to hear if what his kill conditions were, whether he played Delvers and stuff, or whether Trigons did the work for him, or whether he just comboed him off with Gush Tendrils. Yeah, well I talked about Doug a little bit about this in his first Oak match that he played, and I know his approach was that he was, it was actually Mooncom that he was playing, and his approach was he was just going to go aggro, like I mean, you know, Backgun's deck, or, or excuse me, Wild Dog's deck is not built to sit back and try and control the game, he's, he's a beatdown aggro deck, and that's the, the approach he took, and he was able to do it, so I wonder how how he did it this time. But nice. Congratulations on the top eight, Wild Dog. And next up, we've got another clanmate, Back Guns, and he is playing his Smokestack Stacks build, and he ended up beating Thorm with his uh, red-blue sniper deck. This is a pretty cool deck, by the way, and... Yeah, no surprise there for me. No, it's a... Any sphere is pretty good there. For sure, for sure. When you're relying on a lot of spells to make your kill. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, after that, we've got Gaines Banding on Affinity, and he played Zack. And, yeah. uh... Yeah, Zack said it was... Pretty rough matchup. Yeah, you know it's it's just I actually have given Zach probably the upper hand versus Affinity in this match. Um, there's just so many ways to combo out with Flashing Rectum uh, that is uninhibited by Affinity. But uh, having said that, it, it goes back to the old Oath theory. Like I mean, yeah, Oath beats Affinity pretty easily if you get the oath turn one or turn two, but if you don't, Affinity's just going to roll you over, and that's pretty much what happened here. Yep. Zach just it couldn't combo fast enough and died really, really quickly to the beatdown. So, yep, it looks like uh, Gaines Banding is uh, going to be in top eight as well, so congratulations to you. Who's this next guy, Josh? So then I played Philip J. Fry on Landstill, and, uh, you know, it was game one, I was feeling pretty good. Um, got an Omniscience down. And cast Emrakul, which he Mind Break Trapped. Did you, uh, did you get Omniscience through the Academy Rector? Uh, through Show and Tell, I believe. Yeah, through Show and Tell. And a um, couple turns later, I topped into my other Emrakul. And he hard cast his other mind break traps so there went both my armor cools right off the bat and after that it was pretty much him just locking me down 
Phoenix. That is a beating. How often are you able to see something like an Emrakul get countered hard cast? Because that's essentially what an Emrakul is often on missions. I, I didn't even, I've never even thought of that interaction before. Yeah. I think strap on an Emrakul. It exiles the spells, so. What a beating. So I got an extra turn off of each one of those, but. It's too bad. Uh, really sad to see uh, two of my clanmates uh, miss out on their chance to the top eight, and sad to see a great deck like Fra Flashing Rectum not make it. But uh, congrats. it was close. Yeah, for sure. Congrats to Philip J. Fry. So next up, we've got Naoto on his Tesserator build, and he is playing Nagarajuna on his Forge Master stacks. And I do apologize to Nagarajuna because I probably mortify your name every single time I do the podcast. Uh, I'd love, love you to give me a pronunciation of it. But it looks like the uh, Forgemaster Stacks actually won this match. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if that's a surprise or not. Mm, Naoto's run into Stacks a couple of times in the tournament. and I know he won one and he lost one. Yeah, he lost to you? played each other first round and he won the second one and I believe they were both Metalworker Stacks builds but uh, yeah I guess uh, you know I know Naoto cheats a little bit on land he's got lots of artifact ramp but you know I can see a scenario where Nargarajuna got a, got on the play and you know got a sphere down or something like that with some land disruption that could certainly hurt Naoto significantly so yeah, well, I mean, we tested this matchup when you played him a little bit, and it was the hands, when he was on the play with Artifact Acceleration, you know, Spheres just didn't do that much, but if he was actually relying on his lands or being on the draw, it was pretty tough. That's funny, because I have no recollection of testing that match, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, we did. It was long ago. Five weeks ago. Okay, well that one's spelling all out for me. So, who's up next here? Next up we've got two clannies, Kaunos against Bazaar Baghdad on his Helmline combo, and he uh, managed to take that down over the green-blue Gush deck. Yeah, this one could go either way. I mean, uh, Ben's deck is just explosive. Bizarre yeah. Baghdad. If it comes out right, I mean, it's just about as fast as seeing classic but uh i don't quite remember his synopsis that he put in our private clan chat but uh i believe they were longer drawn out games all three of them yeah he uh doesn't have as much hand disruption as i've seen in some hellmine decks but uh he's definitely got consistency with the serum powders and stuff yeah love serum powder so good well, congrats to Mr. Bazaar of Baghdad. And next up, we've got Fist Alpha uh, on Helmline again versus Fishy Fellow on his both build. And Fishy Fellow looks like he was able to take that down. Um, I think that match could go either way. Yeah, uh, Fist Alpha's got. Really runs 1 oath, right? Yeah, he's got all show and tells. I th I actually thought that 
that might be a tough matchup for Fishy Fellow since show and tell is kind of dangerous when you've got a combo like, like that. Yeah. Uh, a helm? Yeah, he can just lay down that helm and activate it right then and there. It's also got the control element Fishy does. You know, Fist Alpha goes all in or something like that. It can pretty much wreck him. But yeah, I agree with you. I could see that one going the other way quite easily. But it's, um, um, congratulations to Fishy, though. So uh, after that was Caliban on Affinity versus Mooncon on Good Game Oath. And uh, looks like Oath managed to take that one down. Must have got some early Oath triggers out. Yeah, not a surprise for me there. O oath is pretty much the best deck in the tournament here to beat Affinity, in my opinion, but... Yeah. Not much to say about that one, but congrats. And next we've got Doza, the OG, once again for you, Zach, for not being here. And he's on his uh, black, blue, green Delver list, and he's a.k.a. Bug versus Bliven731, and he's playing his four-color Delver, and looks like Doza took it down. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a battle of attrition. I think Die Roll and you know, Luck and Draw on that one, they're pretty much similar decks. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised. I would think the three Grim Lava Mancers would be really good in that matchup. Yeah, but Doza's also got the removal too, right? Yeah, he's got Abrupt Decays and stuff. Just kind of how your hand opens up and what you've got. Who's on the play? That all that all comes into consideration. That to me is a, probably the biggest coin flip out of any of the matches we've talked about so far. Take your pick. So after that was a draw between Uvatha and WD Grant, and then uh, Nosferatu stuff on his Slaver Stacks build. Managed to take it down against Galliant on his Slivers deck. Yeah, did Galliant actually get a win in this tournament? Um, no, I, I don't recall. No, he got a draw and a buy. Draw and a buy. Okay, well, that's uh, that's something. Okay, next up we've got Wampluth. It was a spy combo versus Blue Diamonds on his good game off, and Blue Diamonds was able to win that. My question is, did Wampath actually play any matches the last three or four matches, five matches? Um, I don't know. I mean, it looks Wamp like it, because they were right. one and two and one and two. Okay, there you go. Right, Wampath has not won a match, though, has he? Correct me if I'm wrong. No, he got a bye, and now he's got another bye for round six. Oh, the glass cannon didn't do so well. I, I was feeling quite confident that the spy combo was going to steal some matches here in this tournament, but I'm actually quite surprised it didn't. Well, you know, it's relying on your graveyard is not as good in Classic as it is in some other formats because Classic has just tended to pack a lot of dredge hate. Yeah, but, I mean, dredge just wins past hate, right? Right, but I mean, that all comes yeah. in against him, so... He's sort of incidentally hated out of the format. So, do you want to talk about round six pairings here, Josh, and what's going to happen? Who can slide in and who can't? Yeah, we'll just take a quick look, I guess. Um, I've only added the people that are at nine points or more. 
because that's that's the only people that have any chance at this point, and I don't know how many matches will be played out at uh, lower point totals. There's only one, I believe, and that's Backguts. I believe Backguts got pared down, and he has he has to play it out. He does, but his opponent does. So. Yeah, definitely the Wolf. I would assume uh, his match will be a draw. Your match against the Wild Dog will be a draw. Backgoods and Doza will have to play, which is why that's our breakdown match for this week. Um, Philip J. Fry and Gaines Banning will be able to draw. And uh, Planet Walls and Thorm will have to play. And then um, then it's me against Call Me Dragon, Mooncon against Nosferatu stuff, Zack against Fishy Fellow, and Zara Baghdad against Nagarjuna. But I th think that those four matches probably can't get in, depending on tiebreakers. So this is the way it works. Um, you know, on the presumption everybody is to actually draw in the top which would be the, you know, presumably everybody is going to do that, uh, that has the ability to do it. The only person, as far as I'm concerned, that actually has to play out his match is back goods, which is kind of weird. Um, well, because Planet I'm, Walls is in eighth currently with nine points, so he has to play. Yeah, yeah, he has to, and we know the result of that. Um, and we'll save that for uh, the viewers that want to watch the match. But uh, Backguts, if he actually wins his match, he will move into first place if everybody splits outside of Planet Walls, because he'll move into fifteenth place. Uh, myself and the uh, Wolf, we're currently sitting at thirteen points. We'll move up to fourteen points. So. That's pretty much how it's going to shake down, and the rest of the players are going to be in top eight. Yes. That you mentioned. Correct? Yeah. Um, and then we don't know who the spot that... Well, is Doza... Doza's not in the top eight yet? No, he's not. So if Bacchus wins, then it will be... The winner between Planet Walls and Thorm, I assume, that is the eighth place person. Presumably, it's up. Anyways, it's going to be exciting, folks. We are pretty much at the uh, Swiss of the QT number three. We are qualifier, and yeah, we're getting closer to top eight here. So, should be exciting. Yeah, let's take a look at this match. Back goods against Doza. This is, uh, is going to be a pretty sweet match, Josh. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think that things favor back goods in general. Yeah. It's, it's pretty... It's a tough call. You know? I think Dire Roll is a really big thing here. Having played a lot against uh, uh, Delver decks, you know... It's like a turn one. Let's just say Doza wins this, the die roll. Gets himself out a turn one Death Rite, or he gets himself out a turn one Delver of Secrets, or a Birds of Paradise. That's pretty big. Getting up over the spheres and the chalices and that sort of thing. So he gets to start the beat down right away. He's got quite a bit of removal. Well, maybe not quite a bit, but he's got, uh, he's got the abrupt... A's, which is pretty good on chalices and spheres and mental missteps. Not, we'll say that. 
he does run a main deck steel sabotage and a maelstrom pulse. Yeah. Certainly, Goth for the throat isn't going to be very good in this matchup. No. You know what? Having read through that a little bit, I mean, I do think die roll is a really big piece, but I think the long game significantly favors back guns. Yes, having smokestacks and stuff. You know, smokestacks, such a beast, right? And I mean, you know, particularly with something like a Crucible of Worlds or something like that. Back's got the staff in there. He can ramp it pretty quickly like that. Mess with some of his creatures. Yeah, and Doza's got 18 lands, one of them being Maze of Ith, so that could hurt. I'm going to take my main man, Adrian, here. I, 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 you know, back to such a good player. Uh, I respect him, and I think that uh, this type of build is pretty solid here, so that's what I have to say about it. I think that uh, Mr. Backguts is going to take it down. What do you think? I agree. We'll talk briefly about the, uh, the big cards here. Yeah, we've got a few important cards for them. Uh, Lodestone and Tanglewire are good ways to lock down, and then Karn allows back goods to attack for a lot of damage quickly. Tanglewire becomes a whole lot better when you're tapping for one with Karn and beating down with a 3-3 Tanglewire. Mendoza, we've got Abrupt Decay to fight through Chalice. Um, he's got three Ingot Chewers in the board, which is going to be good. And then Deathrite Shaman is good against... Well, it's good to ramp him into his spells if he needs to, um, but it's also good to take away recursion things like Crucible. Yeah, well, that's its best feature, right? If he gets a smokestack down and Deathrite Shaman with his lands, that's, uh, that hurts back big time, so <coughs> I agree. So, yeah, we will have to see. Yeah, well... There you go, folks. We will be reporting, and hopefully we'll have a, a video next week for that one. So, why don't we talk about this fantastic deck that you got loaded up in Vintage View called Mayor Fish, Josh? Yeah, this is similar to the kind of deck that you and I have been talking about for several months here. Yeah. And it's just recently top eight at a Vintage Events, so I thought it would be good to talk about here. Sexy beast this deck is. I love it. I love it. It's got a bit of everything. It's basically a noble fish deck, but it has cards like Meddling Mage, Mayor of Avabrook, since they're all human. It's got four Dark Confidants for card draw, and it's got four Thalia for sphere effects. You know what? thing that stands out to me right away in this deck that I find extremely peculiar, and maybe you could correct me on this, is why is he running Meddling Mages? I, I can't honestly say I've ever really seen Meddling Mages in Vintage, uh, let alone Classic, and I'm not sure really if it's this deck. Well, it's a good human. Um... human but, I mean, you know, what about Meddling Mage and especially when you're running a main deck, is you need to be able to cheat. You need to be able to see what the opponent's playing, you know, something like a Cataxia, something like a Cabal Therapy, to be able to see what the opponent's doing, a duress effect. 
and I actually see those in this deck anywhere. So you are blindly hitting with a meddling mage, which to me is not that good. That's that's probably my only criticism about this deck so far. Um, what what are your thoughts on meddling mage? Uh, I mean, you know, you see one land, and a lot of times you know what your opponent's win conditions are, so it's a reasonable card just to have. I don't know. I could just think of so many better humans that, that we could be running in a deck like this, right? Like what? I knew you were going <laughs> to kill that, you dirty dog. Like how about a couple more Stoneforge Mystics? That's not a human. They not, oh, they, you're right. Okay. Well, don't make me pull up a deck list because I can pull it up. All right. There are there are better humans than a meddling mage with no ability to actually look at what your opponent's playing. What do you think of Triple Fiend Hunter? That's interesting. Fiend Hunter is such a... He is awesome. Love it. Two white, one colorless. It removes pretty much any creature on the board. Solid. One thing I like about this fish deck, unlike some decks of this kind in Vintage, is it was a fully powered deck, okay. or at least mostly powered deck, so Ancestral, four Moxen, and a Black Lotus. Oh, God. Tasty. So he can, he can get out there with early... Their confidants or early Thalias to slow them down. Nope. I, <coughs> I like the Stony Silence. Agreed. Silence is nice and it fits so nicely into this deck. It's a whole other control element, right? Like if you, uh, you know, this deck is able, obviously able to ramp out really quickly. You know, get something like a turn one Thalia out the next turn. You get down to Stony Silence. Them from getting out their uh, their black lotuses and all their box and all that sort of thing. It's it's pretty sweet. So, one thing we talk about, or we said earlier in the in the cast, was how classic is really good about sideboarding for dredge. Indeed. What do you think of this sideboard? I would purely call that cheating, <clears throat> and that's why every once in a while. In Vintage, you see a um, uh, the deck win. You just see a dredge come out, and it just crushes the opposition because nobody else is prepared for it. That's what I think. You? That is cheating. I agree. I'm trying to see what the uh, other... It, it only says there's 13 cards on the sideboard. I was trying to see what the other ones were. Okay, so I finally pulled up one of my deck lists, my human deck lists, Josh. Okay, and here's a card that I think is pretty good. What about something like Knight of the Reliquary over a Meddling Mage? Maybe that's not as, as good in Vintage. Yeah, Knight of the Reliquary is good. Like a Glow Rider. I mean, I know people play that card in Vintage. Well, yeah, I think he could cast Glow Rider pretty easily with his Moxon. And that would just give him an extra control element. 
I like Meddling Mage, though. Oh, Meddling Mage is one of my favorite cards. Don't get me wrong. I just like the support to be able to make them better. The Invitational, the Qualifier, all that sort of thing where you're seeing deck lists makes a card like Meddling Mage sick, right? Like Planet Walls is playing it right now and has had relative success being able to pick what cards he needs to get rid of. But blind, it's just never as good, in my opinion. And I just would rather shave it down to... Well, I probably wouldn't play it, period. But, I mean, you know, I'd rather have a fourth Mayor of Averbach or be running something like a... Um, What's that little one-one flyer? The uh, uh, the spirit, or whatever it is, protection from blue. He acts as Aquarian, uh, Aquarian Ranger. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, really good card. Anyways, nice deck, and love seeing fish decks in vintage. It's almost hard to it. So it's Graft Digger's Cage and a Mishra's Factory that are missing in the sideboard there, I think. That is like, uh, God, that almost makes me want to play Dredge seeing a deck like that. <laughs> Anyways, deck and, uh, yeah, anybody that wants to port that thing into Classic, I'd love to see it. So, Josh, next up, we've got our community spotlight, and we have our good buddy Ben Bazaar of Baghdad. Uh, tell me about uh, Ben. Where, where does he live? living in Florida and he's going to law school right now so we know he comes and goes as he has time for the format and I'm glad he was able to get into this QT I yeah. think he's sitting at 9 points so he was certainly close for the top 8. Uh, and I know he had a bit of bad luck as well through the, uh, the Swiss round so far so he could have very well been in the top 8 but uh, yeah he's definitely back in QT4 and well We'll hopefully see him in that top eight. Tell me how he became interested in Classic in the first place. Uh, he started back in 2008, and he had the card since he's a collector. And Standard is too much of a constant grind. I hear you there, man. I agree. If you could play any Classic deck, what would it be? I said he looked up his CQ stats and saw 24 different deck lists that turned little guys sideways. But Prison is his favorite style of deck. Um, something that would highlight my favorite card genre of eliminating win conditions. Cards like Surgical Extraction and Slaughter Games. Uh, anyone have a competitive list for him? No, we'll try and build that one. Ben. We'll get him that, that going on the private clan forums and we'll, we'll see what we can do. Slaughter Games will be a first, I'm sure, in Classic. Yes. And what is his favorite MTGO accomplishment, whether it relates to tournament play, deck innovation, or community involvement? He got sixth in the 2009 Classic Player of the Year race, winning two premier events. And he's laid kind of low since then, but he's excited and appreciative that the leagues have reinvigorated the format a little bit. And he said hats off to YSO for keeping the torch burning throughout, so that was nice. There, Ben, and uh, yeah, you made that up and just put that in there, anyways. Yeah, I added that. I hear you. Okay, cool. Um, anything else we want to add in, Josh? No, I uh, we should mention that the challenges are still ongoing. The Thursday night classic events have been close to firing the last couple weeks, so we'll see if they give it another go this week. Yeah, we're gonna 
dropped like uh, 10, 11, I think, the last two weeks on Thursdays. And yep. Yeah, guys, check out uh, ClassicQuarter.com, and, uh, you know, people are posting weekly about when they're available for Classic events, and as Josh alluded to, we are close. Uh, put your insight in there, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can orchestrate something, get one of these things to fire. All right, well, thank you to MTGO Traders and Pure MTGO, our sponsor and host. And I guess we'll see you guys in 7 for the Top 8 analysis. Yeah. Good luck to everybody in top eight. See you guys another week. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.